0: Do this? I'm ready. I was born ready. Oh, I can do that too. What about this? It's pretty good. I know. <laughs> this is the intro to this episode, isn't it? God damn it. <laughs> no. What do you think do. about this? <laughs> Sometimes I realize that what I want to be the intro is just so self indulgent because it's like just us <laughs> making sounds and having fun with it. Like, not good enough. No, thank you. Okay this this is the beginning of the podcast <laughs> wow so everyone unsubscribed eh? <laughs> all right here we go uh yes <laughs>
1: Are you waiting on anything or i'm going waiting on? for an
0: idea for a name to come to me
1: oh so. there we go all right
0: Welcome to the Retrograde the Podcast, where we remind you what you used to love and whether or not you still should. I'm Andrew Bascom, and I am Mikey V D E Game Aaronworth. Oh no, no, oh no, I, I know. Oh, dude, no, dude! I told oh, you, God. I told you, I didn't oh, have. What happened? I told you I didn't have a name, and then you immediately said, <laughs> "Let's go," and I couldn't think of anything. So Mikey V D E Game Aaronworth is what my whole doesn't it make it is.
1: sound like you have V D? Well, Mikey
0: VD. <laughs> listen, I've always said this, and I said this from the very beginning. Okay. I will never lie on microphone, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm going to say about that. Do you have VD? I don't feel like I need to further elaborate on what why that is my name, but I did say I will never lie to my loyal listeners. So, yes or no question. E- okay.
1: Do you have VD?
0: See, it's interesting because when I hear yes or no questions like this, Mm -hmm. and I'm just coming from someone who pays a lot of attention to politics, it feels like in Congress when someone prefaces a question with this is a yes or no question, it really doesn't mean anything at all. So you can say yes or no question, but now I've been talking for like 20 seconds right. about nothing to do with your question. Not at all. And this is how you deflect well in a modern day society. So
1: that's your answer to the yes or no question?
0: I'm not going to actually relay that answer and comment further on it. I feel like I've said all that there is to say about whatever it is that you're asking me. Fair enough. Welcome, Deep Bats.
1: We are going to be doing the top 10 video games of the decade! Yay! We did it! Also... Happy New Year! Happy New Year's, everybody. We will be getting more into that at the end of the episode, probably. But I hope you're enjoying your Happy New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, and I, whatever you decide to do today, if it's alone, if it's with friends, if it's online with people,
0: if it's at a party, if it's with family, all of those uh, contexts for me mean masturbating. Like you can do that. With you can mas- family. Why not? <laughs> oh,
1: a thousand reasons. <laughs> Um, we hope no matter what you're doing, you're having a great time because everything is acceptable. No one is left alone. So uh, we hope you're having a great time on your
0: New Year's Eve tonight. And we are here for you. We are indeed. Um, I would first like to say hello to everyone at your New Year's Eve party. Yes. Because obviously you, what you're you're, yeah. you're playing this at your New Year's Eve party. So can I have the aux cord? Can, can we, I have the aux cord? Can we do something right now? Of course. Um, I would like to uh, have us set a timer. Okay. So so I need you. To, I'm gonna. I'm gonna snap into the microphone. Okay. And when I snap, sir, what does that mean? Uh, oh, you're gonna literally snap. I'm
1: gonna literally snap. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. Thanos snap. Not
0: what you think. Not what you think. I'm gonna snap, and half an hour from the snap is going to be New Year's <laughs> Eve. Okay. So I want everyone to play along with me. Okay. I'm gonna set a timer for 30 minutes. Okay. Okay. But the problem is, is are you gonna get a 10 second countdown? I'm gonna because we have to be able to do a ten second countdown. No, 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 of course. I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching this timer more than I'm paying attention to you and me talking. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so okay. I'm going to I'm right now. What I'm going to do is say pause. <laughs> how does this work? I guess pause the podcast <laughs> right now. Okay, not right now. Okay, when, <laughs> when I say yes, you oh, pause boy. it. Okay, yeah, and then uh, press play. No, when when there's exactly thirty minutes. To midnight. So at eleven thirty, press play. Okay. So press pause right now. Okay. I'm gonna say right now. Okay, in three, two, one. Okay, three then two you one pause you press it. pause at eleven thirty on the dot. And the okay? dot. Yeah, there you go. One, two, three. Okay, it's Th- 11:30 is, right it's now. It's 11:30 exactly oh, 11:30. Man, what an exciting time. This is an exciting time and exciting a place to to be and I've never been involved in some sort of uh, countdown like this. It's 30 minutes and I'm nearly positive I'm going to miss the 30 minute mark, but hey, look, this is what live podcasting is all about. It's exciting. It's exciting. Uh it's, it's 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 enthralling uh and and I'm just full of adrenaline right now. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to talk about our top 10 video, video games. games. Of, of the, of the decade. decade!
1: We practiced so much on that, too. Um, okay, so Mikey, I would started on the movies of the, you of did. the decade.
0: You did. Do you want to start with the video games of the decade? I will start with the video games of the decade. So we're going to start, uh, we're going to go 10 to 1. 10, for those of you who are, are curious, okay. 10 would be the... Uh, the worst of the top 10, right? Number one is going to be our favorite video game of the decade. Wait, I'm confused. Is number 10 the least favorite game of the decade? The, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're somehow going to fit in from 10 to 1, our least favorite to our absolute favorite. Every position is the mean of the game. Yes, that exactly. Out. We're oh, going to be, would be m- missing a lot. That, that would be nearly be impossible. miserable podcast oh to listen God. to. No, this is my 10th favorite game of the decade. Oh, fantastic. And this is a game I don't, Think you've played, Andrew? Okay. Um, I I know that a few people have, and it's been released and re-released quite a bit over the course of the decade, but I first played it on Steam. This is something that I learned about by listening to one of my uh, my favorite old-time podcasts called Weekend Confirmed with Jeff Kanata, Garnet Lee. It was a great one, and they talked about is this. Is it done? It's done now, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jeff is doing his own thing. I think he's doing, it's called DLC or something like that. Makes sense. Um, yeah, and this game is a... It's it's a roguelike. So roguelike is, is the kind of game where it kind of resets every time you die. Mm. So you don't know exactly how the dungeons are going to be restructuring themselves every time okay. you come back. But... Modern-day roguelikes do have some sort of through-thread in them, and this one, Rogue Legacy, is the name of the game. I'm not have you, have you played this game? No, I have not. So Rogue Legacy, the way that it structures itself is every time you die, you are revived in this kind of town area outside of a castle, and before you enter the castle, you have to give up all of your money... Um, so you have to make sure that you've spent it on, like, experience and leveling yourself up before you can enter back into the castle and try again. There's gotcha. four bosses in the castle, and the whole goal is to take down all four bosses in one run so that you've essentially completed the game. Okay. Um, but in order to do that, you kind of need to level your character up so that while every time you restart one playthrough— Uh, you're starting from scratch and you don't know what one door is going to lead to or going up or down or like where any of the bosses are going to be. Even though you're starting fresh, you do kind of level up your own character and get, you know, more health or stronger attacks or better weapons or this or that. And the most interesting thing about it, especially in the earlier playthroughs, is that every time you restart, you are essentially taking on the legacy of your main character's family line. But sometimes the legacy has like, a hero who's nearsighted. So everything is blurry with the exception of everything that's oh very God. close to you. Or you're dyslexic. So all of the text boxes you read are like backwards. Oh, no. Or you're nauseous or you have vertigo or something like that. So when you jump, the screen goes blurry or something right. like that. It's a really interesting uh, 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 way to differentiate the playthroughs and kind of give you a handicap yeah. without it ruining an individual playthrough. Mm-hmm. Mm. But it's it's so exciting! It's such a fun game, and when you get a feel for the the mechanics, it's uh, it's I don't know. It, you can get it for like ten bucks now on yeah. any platform, just about any platform. Anyone and, should give it a try. And what was the game name again? Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy. Number ten. Number ten. Wow, that's exciting!
1: Yeah. here we go. All right, New Year's Eve. Okay, so my number ten is going to be so. <laughs> don't want to preface every game but i just want to say that these are games that made an impact of us over the last 10 years and i just wanted to kind of preface that by saying that we you've heard us do the tv episodes and the movie episodes that have come out uh two and four weeks ago
0: hopefully if you heard if if not go back and listen to them yeah what are you doing Mm -hmm. we're not doing this shit for 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 no reason yeah
1: we're doing it for you
0: idiots fucking idiots god i i Fucking hate these guys. I'm so honestly, if it weren't for you being here, and Uh now we're married, that's canonical. Yes, that's canonical. Um, If it weren't for this glorious relationship that we've butted, thank you very much. No problem. Um I don't think I'd be into this anymore. No. Because it's not for these fucking idiots. These fucking D-pads over here who may have not listened to our other top tens. Like, what are you doing reading BuzzFeed to get your top ten articles? Uh, How about this? Buzz off and feed yourself a pile of shit. Yeah, you're like my least favorite Home Alone brother. Oh, Buzz. buzz (laughs) Feed
1: yourself a tarantula. So we were kind of saying that in TV and movies it was a lot easier. Everyone has seen thousands of TV and movie and content things over the last decade. Yeah. Video games is tougher. First of all, the price con- uh, the price quality is yep. that
0: it, games are a little more expensive, most likely. Especially because this is the decade of non-rentals. Yes. So in order to play, you have to buy. Yeah, no demos. Yes. No. Yeah, you've had to buy.
1: Second thing is, I can watch a movie for two hours and go, this is a good movie, this is a bad movie. Yes. I need to
0: play... What are we going to say? 12 to 15, 20 hours? Dude, in some of these cases, like Death Stranding, for example, which, mm. spoiler alert, is not on my list. Hey, heads up, not on mine either. They you need to play 10 hours in order to start enjoying the game. How about this? Play, play, play a, a I don't know, I think my other insult was better. I'm just going to leave leave that, like the earlier one that oh, I had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that, do that you, was, want, do you want to just go back to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just, listen, if you want me to insult uh, people who are telling me to play Death Stranding, just rewind the tape, like, three minutes or so yeah, i can't do everything for you i can't do it listen we're already doing this shit for free come on come on give us a
1: break absolutely so i want to say that like these are the games that made the impact for us and and especially in my list i'm gonna really kind of talk about why these games made an impact um it's not always personal it might be you know cultural or other things like that so with my number 10 it's an incredibly personal pick okay it is gonna be Bioshock Infinite from 2013. Bioshock is my favorite series of video games of all time. Okay. And so I need to start off with just establishing that bias. Yeah. Um, but coming off of a very soft, favorably, Bioshock 2, um, this game went in completely a different direction. D-
0: did you beat Bioshock 2?
1: Yes. Oh wow. Okay. I did not. I couldn't. I, I did. So, like, this is I'm trying to establish my loyalty towards this. Your, uh, your bias shock. My bias shock, I'm shocked by the level of bias <laughs> I have for this series, is that is that I really love they changed from an underwater city to a city in the sky. Yeah. And because of that, the color palette changes, the villains change, um, and and it really established really the villainy instead of capitalism. And and um, you know loyalty towards you know dic- dictatorships yep. and stuff like that, which is what the Bioshock number one is for. This one is patriotism as a yes. religion. Yes, religion is belief in the country, and so um, it, it takes you in many different ways. And I don't know if this game was as well played as the number one Bioshock was, or as culturally re- relevant as as it is. But you should go back and play this game. Yeah. It is phenomenal. And while the controls are not perfect. And there definitely is some weird shooting elements to this. There are some really brilliant things and so much so that the end has left uh, like a really deep impression on me. Totally. That there is always a girl and there's always a lighthouse. Yes. And I don't think by saying that I'm ruining anything. You can go back and play it, but there is always a girl and always a lighthouse. And it kind of makes you reflect on you as a user of a video game and why we do these things and why we just accept things for fact. I, I, I really do think it's a phenomenal game, and uh, and that's why in my number ten, BioShock Infinite.
0: Yeah, BioShock Infinite almost made the list. I kind of wanted oh, really, it really eh? Yeah, just because oh, I wow. I I'm I'm with you. I love the BioShock franchise. I think that they're incredibly smart. Like they they always try to say something instead of just being a video game. Yeah, and I think you know similar to a lot of very good games that get that that are very highly revered the gameplay itself sometimes gets in the way of the enjoyment of the experience. Um, And with something like the original Bioshock, that also ended up being a commentary on video games themselves. Yes. Whereas you talk about, you know, patriotism as religion in Mm -hmm. Bioshock Infinite, and it seems like that's what the game's going to be about. But the game ends up being about video games and and the role that uh, user experience and chance has to play like there's always a right. girl there's always a lighthouse is more of a concept of like there's always going to be something to save and a home base or like mm-hmm. something to tell you that shit's about to go down and, and a mission you're gonna have to go on and I like that about Bioshock it's self-aware and it also has the ability to just play through it as something fun yeah or to kind of glean something out of that
1: totally it's a meta fourth wall breaking level game which is is so weird in a super stylized game you know, like right it, on top, it's it's so stylized, but then it goes like, but what about
0: you? And you're like,
1: what me? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes you know.
0: it turns, and you feel like the game is watching you, sort of. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So yeah.
1: yeah, that's my number ten.
0: Nice. I've got in my number nine. I don't know if you've played this franchise, but I feel like you would love this franchise. Uh, a second one came out a few years ago, but this one is from earlier in the decade. It's Dishonored.
1: Oh, so I not I have not, but I yes, I agree with you. From everything I read, I think I would like this
0: game. Yeah, Dishonored is one of the last um the last games that I've played, which which is kind of like first person oriented with different uh, uh, mods and capabilities. It gives you the opportunity to play through it stealth or a little bit more violent. Okay. This game would be much higher on my list if there were a reason for playing it stealth versus killing everyone right but it really seems to punish you for playing one way versus the other like it punishes you if you kill the enemies and doesn't even really reward you for playing like with a stealth element to it it just makes the game less enjoyable if you play through it by killing if you kill people then there are these weird like zombie things that start inhabiting more of the world and they just get in your way it's like a nuisance tax that you're Mm -hmm. paying which i didn't like quite that much but the story of like playing the bodyguard to, uh, I think it's like a, a princess or something like that, a Ooh. princess and a queen, and you get framed for the kidnapping and murder of, of I think, her mother or something along those lines, and you have this fall from grace and you have to come back and prove yourself. The storyline is incredibly engaging. The gameplay is so goddamn good. Like, when it flows well and you're kind of moving, like, it, it's a stealth game or can be a stealth action game, but has the ability to just kind of, like, pull the shoot and escape from a situation rather than like right. Metal Gear where you kind of just have to go away and wait it out. This kind of has these escape mechanisms that you can have that keep the flow of the game going without feeling like you got caught. It's like, okay, well now just like go sit in a corner for four hours and right, wait for right, everyone right, to die right. down. Yeah, very good game if you've never played it. I actually couldn't, I didn't end up finishing Dishonored 2 because it just, I, I feel like I'd grown on from that type of game. Okay. But number one was, was that was, firmly in my heart is like one of the best single player video game experiences I've had in a very long time. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Number
1: nine. So for my number nine is also going back to an incredibly personal pick. This will not find its way into a lot of top tens in the decade, but it might find its way into top tens from 2018. Okay. Uh, it's going to be Spider-Man. Oh, I, great. I just like, there are flaws. It's repetitive. The fights you go back to are constant. But it is so goddamn fun, and it is built for me. You know, I love uh, the Marvel Universe in general. I crave for a video game that would be good about superheroes. And this one just built a New York, uh, a Peter Parker-style New York, that was so perfect for me. Right, You could stand at the top of buildings and just kind of watch for crime and do stuff. You can go take pictures with, you know, uh, famous artifacts. You can collect things. And it wasn't impossible. Whereas sometimes the Arkham, Arkham games kind of beat me down of like, well, I'm never going to figure out how to get that Joker, Riddler, no, excuse me, the Riddler, you know, whatever. This one always felt attainable, even though it was difficult at times.
0: Everything, I I agree with that. I think everything felt like it was on the way to getting the main story done. And there's something brilliant about that, where side quests never felt like I had to take a break from the main story to do them. It was just like, okay, this is the next objective marker. On the way, there's like this backpack I can pick up and this and that, and traversing the city of New York in that game was so fluid and so much fun. Right, I said this before on the podcast as well, that the one of the first upgrades you can get is the ability to do tricks in the air while you're swinging through the yes. city and then another one is like making traversal just a little bit quicker mm-hmm. so it's not something that's going to help you with combat or help make the game easier if you're okay with the combat early on in the game you can just make the game more fun by adding tricks and adding like a second uh a zip line thing yeah. you can do it's so well done, Insomniac Games. I'm glad you had that on there because I wanted to put like a Ratchet and Clank game on there because right. regardless of what year the original games came out, um, I'm always I always have Ratchet and Clank on my mind, but I didn't quite make it. So the fact that an Insomniac Games game in Spider Man made it on one of our lists, I'm I'm pretty pleased with that. Ah, uh,
1: that's great. I just it's just so much goddamn fun. I can't do it. And while there might be games with technical style, maybe you know surpassing that, I just had too much fun with it that I couldn't leave it alone. How long did it take you to beat that game? Yeah, that's a good question. It wasn't, it was probably 40 plus, not 60 plus. Hours.
0: Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's that's still. I, I mean, but I, guess, I, I
1: also 100% of the game. I thought you had 100% it in like 20 hours. No, nah, it would have taken more than that. Yeah. It would have taken more than that. Also, because I think if you go back and listen to our podcast, at one point I said, it's too hard. I'm going to drop. I, I, I got to stop with the it. DLC or no? uh
0: that was i thought you had said when you first played through it you were like i think i'm just either very good at this game or it's very easy like i have never died
1: yes and then there was a part where it just kind of all caught up on me oh true uh also the dlc is very hard yeah. but i've also finished all of those too so like that's also a sign that i just absolutely enjoy sure. this game um it, you're right it's just so much fun and and the thing is the new york city there's so much energy to it so while you're Swinging like with you know tremendous speeds, and then you catch a fight and you're swinging out of it again. It's never like breaking for a second, to yeah. Go, like, and now I have to do this, right? It just feels continuous, it all flows you know? so well together absolutely. And
0: you like the the amount, like, I i say whimsy on this podcast. Uh, Actually, speaking of which, uh, whimsy is something that I learned to look for in video games from Jeff Kanata on the weekend. Oh, there you podcast, go. yeah. So, um, I'm sure a lot of people would have second picked up a shout on that up. You, yeah. If uh, the the fact that when you're down on the ground, there's a button you can press to yes. interact yes. with fans, like why can't games have more of that? Like I feel like so many developers are are so focused on like these are the buttons, this is what they do. Right, take context out of it. They're only going to do this thing at any given time. Like if I'm walking on the ground as Spider Man. Take one button and yeah, 100% have it. I'll make a witty comment towards a a bystander. Take a selfie. Yeah. uh, High five. Yeah. Because that's fucking Spider-Man. That's Spider-Man. And and so many of these games are about just role-playing and feeling comfortable in the skin of whatever character you're playing. So I'm I'm happy to have that game on there. It, It didn't quite make my list, but I did have a ton of time playing it in a time in my life when I felt like I couldn't. I couldn't get fully engaged in in single player narratives like that, especially open world narratives. Yeah, this one reminded me that there's still a lot of good that can come. from 100%,
1: that. Hundred percent, especially where games are getting dour, it's serious, and we got to do stuff. It's like we can just have fun.
0: Yeah, which we did. Which we um, did. Speaking of dour and serious, number though, eight. my number eight is the game that got me into uh, indie games. It's it's what oh. I with I what I bought an Xbox Live account for knowing that this was going to be the first uh, Xbox Live Arcade game that I bought and knowing that it was going to be the first, like, you know, $10, 15 game to see if I enjoyed these indie titles, and it was Limbo. Oh, and I, and did yes. You, did you ever end up playing Limbo? Yes, I did. Limbo was one of the first games that I had played where I recognized that gameplay and storyline was fine if it was shown and not told. Okay. Everything that you go through is is, is environmental, um, which I learned that I, I would learn later that I really loved in games like, you know, the Dark Souls franchise and things like that, where, where you're going through and nothing's really told to you, but you kind of have to pay attention to your environment, what other NPCs do, what the the enemies are, what they look like, what, what signs you see, and then yeah. piece together the narrative on your own. And you can either do that and learn what happens and be and feel good about it or you can just play through it and have fun with the game and not give two shits about it. Limbo works for both of those ways of, of playing through it and I think that it was the, the perfect stepping stone for me to get into indie games in general. See, that's awesome. I'm
1: really glad to hear that. Uh, I also liked Limbo. I didn't get enough time with it to, to really get it on my list. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny you say about the indie game thing because that also is leading into my number eight. Okay. Number eight, <laughs> this This is going to be a weird turn, considering I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but this might be the most important game to me, and it's number eight. Oh, wow. There is some excellence above this that I need to qualify and say that this was an incredible game, but number eight is probably the least played game on here, so that's why I want to vouch for it even more. Okay. Okay? So number eight is called 80 Days. It's a mobile game from 2014. Okay. It's created by Inkle Studios, which is two people. Um. And okay, so I've actually written down a bunch of stuff. So here, here I'm just yeah, gonna, because yeah, I wanna sell you guys on this, okay? So, set in the 1872 Steampunk London, based on a way loosely oh, version I know this game. of Jules Verne. I Verne's know book. this
0: game. Yes, around the world in 80 days. Yes. yes. It is.
1: The game pits a player against the clock. You play Passport 2, a loyal valet who somehow has to drag your rich, spoiled master, Fog, around the planet in less than three months with only a few grand in your pocket, okay? So, even more than like a walking simulator or a role-based turn game or anything like that, it's a little more fluid than those things because your decisions all really, really matter. So as you leave London and travel east, there's a possible 170 locations that you can go to, okay? But the average playthrough only gets to about 20. 20 days? 20 cities.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So
1: the result is that like you can play through about eight times without ever seeing the same thing twice. And so like... Not to rag on other games, but I actually pulled up what The Witcher 3 was, which oh. is a honorable mention, which I'll get to in a second. But, <laughs> um, but the massive story... So Witcher 3 has 450,000 words in its dialogue sure. to get to the game. Sure. This, in contrast, has 750,000. Holy shit. So it's a hugely text... It's all text-based, right? Okay. It's all text-based game. And so for one playthrough, you only get about 3% of it. Oh, And man. so this... Playthrough creates all these Easter eggs. You could fall in love, become a boxer, steal uh, thieves. Like, you can do all these different things to kind of create. You can die. You can, like, it's, it is a phenomenal game, and it, there is no vocals. It's all SFX, and it's incredibly brilliant soundtrack oh, that keeps you engaged into doing it. And uh, I, I just loved it. I played so many hours into seeing all the different ways. Okay, I went through the North. What if I could go through Africa this time? Sure, sure. What if I could, oh, is there a faster way to steampunk our way through like a, oh, damn, a tarantula that's... that travels a thing? Like it's, it's brilliant. And I, I, it's a
0: ridiculously deep mobile game. And I loved it. Mobile game too. Wow. Because I know that game know. is on Steam as well. So I'm assuming it came to it mobile It went on to PC bit.
1: two years ago, three years ago. Like so that. it was mobile first. Mobile first. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just, I love this game. I can't speak enough things about it. And it's already been signed for like a TV thing. So it's going to be a show.
0: I love, I love the fact that our top tens are going to go in that direction of, of these kind of like lesser mm-hmm. known picks. Cause I haven't even played that game, but yeah. I'm glad to hear it's on there. My number seven yeah. uh, is, I think the the defining moment for me uh, playing video games and recognizing that I'm okay with no action in in a game as long as the storytelling is there and it's giving me enough seeds to piece together what's happening. Limbo, as the game before this, was similar in that you really had to pay attention to the environment in order to piece together what was happening. Mm. But there was also a fun gameplay element to it. This was more of a point and click, uh, but it was the first game that I played through that it would end up be defined, being defined as a walking simulator. This is gone home, uh, gone home. I know is a game that you would play it as well. You'll find it on my list as well. I, I, I had a feeling, so maybe we'll hold on to it until you, yeah. Yeah, we got it. It's it's coming up. Okay, sounds good. So why don't you go ahead then with your number seven? <laughs> and number seven. And, I, oh, sorry. Before you do that, yeah. Uh, guess what, boys and girls? Oh, we no. are Eight minutes away. From oh this my god! Fucking countdown. Ah, oh, that's to so ring exciting. in the new goddamn year. Two thousand twenty. Two thousand twenty. Do you ever think we get there? We should have done our top twenty of the decade. I could have. I could have easily fit twenty. Yeah, games honestly, into this. I could have too. Yeah. I could
1: have too. Well, with number my number seven, I could not choose something more different than yours. Okay. Uh, number seven, I'm going to choose Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain. Ooh. I know, I know, I know, I know. A
0: game that I, okay, I'll, I'll let you go and then I'll, I'll add okay. on, but I, it's, I have thoughts. Here, there are true
1: issues with the ending of this game, the storytelling, and an abysmally awful online experience. Sure. With that all being said, it's a it's a Hideo Kojima's farewell to his most famous character, and it's one of a kind because yeah. of it. The way that they, the way that they can traverse the different storylines that they need to go to, it's a really like sprawling game. Yeah. Uh, with the different things that you can do, your base setup, which is you know a little unique and the way that you can build that up with alliances. Yep. Um, it's a really fun game and kind of gets closer back to its roots than others have in the past with the more espionage.
0: Sure. Some really good. You're int- saying there's there's like a decent amount of tactical espionage yeah. action. in Yeah. This? yeah.
1: If you choose to use it, yes. Oh, wow. Which is what I liked about Metal Gear, Star, Metal Gear Solid in the first place. Right. And so now that we get to do that again near the end of this series, sure. I, I really enjoyed this. Because also when you need to use violence, the controls are really tight. And so you can actually like, you know, pick your parts for it. I loved this game. I put so much time into it. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain.
0: So Metal Gear 5 is interesting to me because I actually didn't put a ton of time into it. I don't. I didn't like that it was going open world and yep. I thought I would. It's not like I went into it expecting to dislike it, but man, when I started to play it, the first, what, hour or so, hour and a half of that game is essentially a cutscene, scene. Yes. And it was boring yes. as fuck. And it then when so it boring. put me out into the open world, I was like, Hideo, like, give me something to do, dude. Like, I don't want to learn more. I don't want to start right. learning gameplay this was the era or, like, the, the rough time in my life when I started to realize, like, if a game doesn't get me by the first two hours, I'm kind of not into it. Totally understand that. I totally understand that. I yeah. Do. So, my number six yeah. is a game we kind of mentioned, at least the franchise, uh, a little bit earlier. I'm... <laughs> this game came at a time... I played this game right after one of my favorite games of all time. Okay. And I played it... It took me... Honestly, probably about three years to get into this game. Um, I started it. I bought it on the PC, and my computer wasn't quite good enough to play it, but I was kind of interested in the combat and all that. I waited until it got released on the Xbox so that I could play because I knew my Xbox obviously was powerful enough to play it. It's an Xbox game. Come on, you guys. Uh, I played through <laughs> it, and uh, by the end of it, I was so upset that the game was over and I couldn't play more that I, I just started waiting for the third one to come out Um which came out a few years later, but it didn't grab me as much as The Witcher 2. The Witcher 2 is my favorite game in that franchise. It's the one that grabbed me better than any other one. I didn't finish The Witcher 1. I didn't finish The Witcher 3, but The Witcher 2, I couldn't get enough of. The fact that when I played, have you played through The Witcher 2? Yes, I have. So have you played through it more than once? No, probably not. So when you had the opportunity to go off with, I think his name was Roach or or the uh like the elf guy. Okay. It's like right at the very beginning, you have an opportunity to either go with like the Imperial Guard type person or go with the the person who you thought was a bandit. Um I I ended up the first time through going with who I thought would have been the 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 right choice, which was like the Imperial Guard. Okay. But I found out the second time I played through just by going with the the bandit guy right. that there is an entire act of the game that puts you in an entirely different level, entirely different area of the map, and essentially changes everything else that comes with the story. Like, wow. I'm thinking about games like Mass Effect where you make decisions and it kind of changes where you go, mm-hmm. uh, or, or like the, the, the dialogue trees or things like that. But this is something that, legitimately changed the gameplay the maps that you see and everything that comes afterwards it was something that i i wasn't quite used to uh at any point yeah i witcher
1: 2 wasn't gonna be on my list we would have been witcher 3 yeah um which i is is really cool which hey oh well god we gotta get rid of that thing yeah thank god i got two swords on me and everyone's really fired up all the time to fuck with me. yeah yeah like all the time like Oh, so you're a witcher, are you? They and you're all like, hate him, but they all need him. What is yeah. that about? I don't know what it is like, hey, witcher, get out of here. And then they're like, ah, a goblin, witcher, witcher, we need you. There's a <laughs> goblin here. Like, I don't understand where, like, and then they kill the goblin. They must turn around and go, like, you better get the fuck out of here, witcher. And it's like, what the fuck, man? I just
0: helped you <laughs> Where did that you? come oh, from? Yeah. I
1: don't know. Witcher 3 would have been on my list. Uh, but Witcher 2, great choice. Can't really fight yeah, that one. Okay? I like that one. Number 6, this is going to be my most controversial and broadest pick, but. I couldn't figure out a way to do the top ten games of the decade and not include this game. Okay, Fortnite.
0: Fort okay, fair Fortnite because you only just got into that game. I only right? got into yeah. it in the
1: last year. Um, by but, the way,
0: two and a half minutes, guys. Get your party ready. Okay, get, get your, your party ready. Get your
1: champagne unsleeved. Get your glasses ready. Get uh, no, you want to pop an admin, night, don't you?
0: Yeah, I was just gonna let them know what it's gonna sound like. I wanted oh. them to. I, I don't want them to be afraid. You when didn't the want court scare comes out. That's yeah. too spooky. Yeah, I've never heard this it before. A spooky noise. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, so get ready, get your loved ones ready, get old on the CD player. Um <laughs> yeah, but Fortnite changed gaming forever. Of course. It, it really did. It it turned a free game into the biggest broad appeal. Um, and though it comps it cops so much, you know, stylistic stuff from other games, yeah. Um, you can't fight the dominance of what it is culturally. Yeah. When you have the NFL and Star Wars and Marvel and like all these characters that you can play as. Um, the fact that you're playing exclusively with other people, the cross platform thing, which they yep. pioneered, like they
0: mobile. Yeah. Right. It's
1: like crazy that they are doing what they're doing yeah. and it's still so successful years to come and we're going to see things modeled after it afterwards. So number six has to be Fortnite just because of the revolutionary way that it changed video games.
0: That's fair. That's fair. So I barely got into Fortnite. So that's not going to be on my list. Yeah. No, I didn't think so. My okay. My number five okay. is uh, mambo number five. It's my mambo number five <laughs> is going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a conversation starter. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. So what I would rather do better than a fire starter, prodigy. Thank you very nothing much. Nothing is better than a fire starter by prodigy, <laughs> except for breathe by prodigy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Breathe with me wh- What I want to make sure we do Because we're so close to the new year oh. Is we're going to fill time for another minute 100% and, we can vamp And then and Because I don't want to say the name of my number 5 <laughs> Do you want to say it while And <laughs> then we have to just take a huge break While the, the, the intensity just kind of rages on Right I don't think we can do that No I don't think that's in us No uh, You know what is in us What's that To give blood
1: uh, We should We should all give blood is that- Also don't drive drunk tonight
0: Oh, that's absolutely true. Yes. Don't drive drunk tonight. Uh, Uber drunk tonight. Yes, absolutely. Don't Uber Walk. other people drunk tonight. No, no, no. If you're drunk, get an Uber. Don't drive other people in an Uber. <laughs> yeah. Don't be like, I'm calling an Uber. Driver, out. I'm doing this now. <laughs> was that your phone? Look, listen, that was mine. it's it's the New Year's. We don't mind. A couple mistakes are going to get made, guys. We're 15 seconds out. Absolutely. So Who's get is- your drinks ready, guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 10, 9, nine 8. eight. Seven, 7 6 five, my fifth pick is red dead redemption 4 3, three number 1 2,
1: two one. what the fuck happy, new, happy year. new year happy new year everyone just 20 Yay. <laughs> wait is that true number
0: 5 is red dead redemption red dead redemption 1 is number 5 is number 5
1: wow
0: so not number 2 Red yeah. Dead Redemption one, and not not Red Dead Revolver because fuck that game. Yeah, it's Red yeah, Dead Redemption what are we on the Xbox three hundred and sixty.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's really great. I'm glad that you're choosing this game. Now
0: I know that well. It, I had to because Red Dead Redemption two is is easily one of the most memorable gaming experiences I've had in my entire life, and that's why I was so excited for Red Red Dead Redemption two. But it just didn't didn't follow through with me. It didn't work with me. I think it's a different time in my life. I think they did a ton in terms of world building. And what you're hearing now is nothing new. You've heard me say this on the podcast before. The environment is great. The story is great. The only thing that isn't fun is everything else, which is the gameplay. And and I could not get myself Why into it. Why don't you it. talk about your pick, okay? What? Red Dead Redemption 1? 1. So... Listen, I think it was a smaller game. It was a little bit more contained. I think it it was sort of a flash in the pan. No one expected it to be as good as it ended up being. Yeah, I agree with so you. So when I played it, and it was just me on the open plains, and they had this open challenge system for doing some of the hunting, like, hey shoot six birds or something like that. Right. And I remember so well, one of the most satisfying gaming experiences I've had in a long time, I was out, I knew I needed to go to bed soon because I was a little baby boy. It was 2010 or 11, 2011. When okay. It came out. So I wasn't a little baby boy, but I was a, kind of a little baby boy. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was like, oh, you know what? I got to go to bed. I'm not going to start a new mission. Let me just look up in like the the interface and see what's up. And I saw the objectives and it's like shoot six like flying birds or something like that and the feeling of taking my my carbine out my rifle out and picking them off in the air even though it was auto aim it was pretty close to that generation of games where aiming was always an issue so it didn't feel like it was cheating because it was auto aim it just right. kind of felt like yeah this is what it should be in a game and picking off those animals from a distance and seeing <laughs> it sounds kind of sociopathic but um, seeing them fall, seeing their them lifeless fall, bodies fall seeing those towards their Spread and knowing that I that they probably had a family somewhere. That's yeah, be missing. And them. I could
1: have sex with that dead animal. Can
0: and will. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It just felt great. It felt like it was a lived-in world. The story was so goddamn good and had so many beats that were memorable. Memorable. Going into Mexico for the first time. Yes. Juarez. That, uh, that. Yeah. 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 To that song that was playing that I don't remember the name of it, but it was it was so good and and I think playing um, death stranding they constantly try to evoke that feel because that's a pretty famous moment in gaming when the the acoustic guitar is playing you're going into mexico for the first time and it's just kind of this beat where you take a step back and and, and look at the wilderness and, and kind of take it all in and death stranding tries that all the time but mm. the whole time i'm like yeah as soon as the song ends i'm gonna have to trek and balance a bunch of shit on my back in order to get to where I want to be. Like, no, thank you. Red Dead Redemption came at the perfect time. It did everything it promised to do and uh, and left a, uh, as you would say, indelible mark Absolutely. on my baby boy brain.
1: Well, I'm going to have more thoughts about Red Dead Redemption coming up soon. Mm. So,
0: uh, so I'll
1: save that for that. My number five will be a game that we have talked about endlessly on the podcast.
0: It's going to be Overwatch. Oh, nice. Okay, so my number four is Overwatch. Hey. So let's get the
1: fuck into it. <laughs> yeah. Overwatch, a multiplayer game um, where the characters make the game. And so, for many reasons, just on raw number of hours, I have to have it on this list. That's 100% true. I played this game so much, so something kept me into it forever. The, you know, different characters and their different skills, the way they move, the way they shoot, the way they have their abilities and their ultimates. They're going to (laughs) shoot. Speaking of MacGruber. Yeah. Yeah. is that, you know, you have to respect that for the way it is. The way that it is doled out free content with yep. the new maps, new skins, new characters yep. entirely that I really love. And so it kept the game fresh for so, so long. Yeah. Much longer than other games have a shelf life for. So, Mikey, I'm going to leave it up to you. This is your game, buddy. I'm surprised it's number four for you, to be honest.
0: You know what? It's The only reason it's number four is because it's still such a crapshoot whether or not I'm going to feel good after playing it. It's, it's, a, it's a great game it's the first competitive online game that I've really gotten into. And I've been into it now for since essentially like a couple months after it came out. So I think it was what, three and a half years or something yeah. that I've been playing it. Wow. Um, I, I still, when I have a free hour, I want to play this game always, no matter what, when I'm playing another game, if it's, you know, I just started playing Jedi, uh, fallen order, not too long ago. And Crap. every time I pick it up, I'm like, am I enjoying this or would I be happier just turning on overwatch? It it has this addictive mechanism to it and this ability to allow you to change the game so much just by picking a new hero okay. where it's like, am I not enjoying playing a tank right now? Okay. You know what? I'm going to go DPS and just feel like I'm playing an entirely new game. The, uh, the mechanics change enough to make it feel like I'm playing, uh, you know, like God of war versus, um, Call of Duty. Like, like it's almost like that where the mechanics become so different from one hero to another that it, it does feel like you're playing a different game, but you're always having an effect on your team. And it allowed me uh, to use my brain instead of my Twitch mechanics to play a video game. Ah. And that's the main reason I've stayed into it, I think. Whereas Call of Duty, you need to be so mechanically skilled in order to stand a chance I'm not and I I just need to admit that yeah but what I can do is lead a team pretty well from a position where I'm a little bit chunkier like in terms of my health health pool so I can kind of like last a little bit longer Mm -hmm. it makes it so that there's space for you as that kind of video game player to do fairly well for yourself just by knowing the game and that's something I'd never experienced before and that's one of the reasons it's up Fairly high as, as number four on my list.
1: Oh, that's fair. I can't, I can't really blame you. And if you listen to this podcast, you know we've talked about this game endlessly. So If, if
0: people listen to this podcast, they probably think it's higher for both of us. Yeah. It, it's a through thread of a lot of our conversations. Well,
1: this will be very surprising for the next couple of picks that we have to do.
0: Yeah. So my number four, because that was your
1: number yes. four. My number four is going to be The Last of Us. Okay. Um... The Last of Us, I, I feel, along with several other games that we've we've described and several other games that are probably going to be coming up, have kind of changed video games forever in the way that we can reflect upon them from being a very Overwatch style, where we all get together and fight, and whoever dies last wins. Sure. Uh, or we can get together and tell a very, you know, evocative story. Yes. Um, the Last of Us did that. It, it Between the surrogate parent and the surrogate daughter, and their life past death, Um you know, through a terrifying enemy in the clickers, yeah. like a truly horrifying, you know, villain that was very, very scary. And while, while this game is not a perfect game for shooting or, you know, uh, management of, uh, of items or anything like that, it really does create this 3d game where it can have very affecting moments. Yeah. Um, you know, where, you know, the, between the preface, which is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, that you have to play through to the first time that they see giraffes. You
0: oh know? my God. What a scene. What you, a scene.
1: You just you get chills watching these games because they are your surrogates into this world. To use that word again. I, I, The Last of Us is a great game. It might not be a great video game, but it is a great time to be spent. And, uh, and I, I think everyone was better off for doing it. I'm very excited to play the second one. We'll see how
0: it goes. So I didn't have that game on my list. And I think the reason is you know everything you're talking about everything you're talking about in terms of the moments that you loved from that game i absolutely yeah. agree with but i felt like i was swimming upstream in order to get there and not in the good way not in the way that you're rewarded with that scene of 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 coming across those giraffes uh because you were just struggling but you made it work and it was all about mm-hmm. that struggle yep. it was literally like in order to get the next story beat i had to play through an hour or so of gameplay that was just frustrating. Like yeah. the clickers were so goddamn frustrating and and those stealth those weird stealth mechanics didn't feel fun to me. Okay. That's why that game The Last of Us even though I loved the the feeling of that game and the, and the beats of that game. Okay. That's why it's not on my list but something like Gone Home is. Okay. Um one thing that I did love about that game though is that at a time where most games had an element of dialogue and dialogue trees, so you could kind of choose what to say and how you wanted your character to be. The protagonist in this game, what's his name? Um, it's Joel. Joel, yes. Um, is kind of a dick. Yes, and, he is. And he makes yes, a he lot is. of decisions that I'm just like, I don't like this guy. He's not making the calls I would make, especially early on in the game. And the thing about video games is you always kind of want the protagonist to be relatable in some way. But yep. there's something very powerful about making the protagonist actively work against what you would want to do. Yeah,
1: but, like, he's an asshole because he's scared. He's an asshole because he's trying to protect her where he couldn't protect his own kid.
0: Right. You know,
1: and so he's 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 been burned once, and now he will not get burned again. Right. You know, kind of thing. And so I don't think it's actively like, oh, wow, that guy's just a piece of shit. Right. I think it's that he's worried and no no but scared. that's
0: that's true there's there's nothing about this game and the writing of this game that is so uh surface that i would say that guy's just an asshole yeah okay, there's always right. a reason for the way things go but i guess the point i'm trying to make is that his actions do not reflect what i as an objective player of this game would want my character to do okay so it forces you to be uncomfortable because it's like hey look this is the guy you're dealing with like He's not going to be better than you want him to be, right. or he's. Just, this is who he is. He's got his own reasons for making these decisions, and you're going to have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that un that that was uncomfortable, but in the best possible way. Yep. Like it really kind of opened me up to become raw in those moments and mm-hmm. be like, well, why is he making these calls? Yeah.
1: Maybe may become SmackDown, but I just oh yeah yeah.
0: Well, uh, listen, when they split that up, I split up my attention <laughs> on the WWE. Um, so that's
1: uh, yeah, that's my number four, The Last of Us. So this, I think. Great title.
0: Listen, Andrew, it was um, it was fun uh, this, oh, com- no. this this conversation that we were having because there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, I feel like we could all relate to each other's lists. <laughs> I think this is about the point in time on our lists when we deviate, like my septum, and uh, and just kind of take wildly <laughs> different paths. I was we were talking about this before we started the podcast. Yeah. Tell me any of my listeners, my listeners, our listeners. The Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I so personal. So I have a deviated septum, as you can probably tell by listening Which one? to this podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they're all deviated. Um, I, so much so, like, I didn't realize I had for a long time. I thought for my entire life that people's noses worked in a way where you could only breathe out of one nostril at any given time. <laughs> I thought that it was like when you're breathing out of your right one, your left one closes out because you're cycling your nostrils. Yeah, like sh- sure. I've never been able to breathe out of both <laughs> of my nostrils. And I just learned literally like two months ago that that's not the case. Yeah. Is there any bodily activity that you assumed was one way and then you found out was yeah. not? How about this? And I get we're going to get a lot of responses
1: from males about females bodies. But how <laughs> how wrong were you about the human body?
0: I'd love to hear that. How about that? I thought the vagina was much closer to the belly button. I thought it was like very much more, much more closest to
1: the anus than I thought. It's way closer. They are
0: very close. They were very hard to find.
1: Trust me. The
0: first first time I was like, "There's got to be a hole somewhere." (laughs) It's
1: and it was not anywhere. Oh, that's like yeah, where the urine comes from in a female body. Still not sure. Because every time I'm told they're like, "No, that's not it." I'm like, "Okay, I've given up.
0: I don't care." Wait wait, uh, wait, 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 wait! Take a step back. Yeah, they're telling you that's not it. What context is that? Are you? Pointing I'm just to pointing your... at
1: them. I'm just hitting them in the face and elbow, and like, no, that's not it. Like hip, no, that's not it. You're like, keep guessing, because this really gets me off. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a real speculative thing that I find very
0: attractive about it. Um,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Oh man. Okay, so this is the point in time where I think uh, it's just going to be me doing a lot road. of talking, and uh, and then you doing a lot of talking. But this is a game I still think you should try because you have the PlayStation 4, and this is the best game that's ever come out on the PlayStation 4, I think, without question. It's Bloodborne. Ah. Bloodborne is the spiritual successor to the Dark Souls franchise. They call it now the Soulsborne franchise. And I'm I don't sure know that's how you... the
1: last time we're ever going to hear that name no, coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yeah,
0: this is kind of why. So... Um, Bloodborne to me as a standalone. Okay. I actually struggled with whether or not to put it ahead of Dark Souls. Wow. Because Bloodborne as as its own game, I think self-contained is the best entry into that franchise. There's it got me into not only um you know really tried my patience with with like different types of gameplay and the difficulty level but made me recognize what my own limitations were in terms of playing certain games and how to play around them but the story itself was so steeped so heavily steeped in lovecraftian literature and lovecraftian storytelling that i it, it it got me into an entire new level of 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 horror literature that i now i love lovecraft now and i didn't love him before then and when i was playing through this game i was also listening to a podcast called mm-hmm. um, um, I don't remember. The the name's not uh, uh Bonfireside Chat. Okay. which was originally uh based on Dark Souls, but they took a break to talk about Bloodborne obviously because it's sure. it's in the same franchises from the same development company from Software. So as I was playing through it, I would play through these areas and then listen to the podcasts about that area okay. and learn all the things I missed and I talked about this in Limbo with like environmental storytelling and picking up items and reading the descriptions of those items to find out why they were there and what that meant and and how they relate to other characters in the story. Like, why does this character have this item on their body? Like, you really have to pay attention to all the details. A specific type of architecture in one area, you'll find it in an- another area, which means that the person who built this one uh, cathedral probably had a hand in building, th- building this graveyard like 20 hours later in the game. Like, what mm. do those two things have mm. in common? yeah it's like an interactive novel and on top of that the gameplay is some of the best most fair uh responsive gameplay i've ever played in any game in my entire life. Wow. Uh, bloodborne is just i i can't say enough good things about it. if you haven't played it and you're willing to take some time to to you know have the patience to learn it, definitely do it. the one thing i will say if you're doing that have a secondary compendium, whether you're looking online for some descriptions of different enemies or or weapons and kind of how to spec your character, where to go, that sort of thing. Or listen to the podcast Bonfireside Chat and their elements about Bloodborne hmm. to kind of guide you along and show you what you've missed so that you recognize that you're not just playing through this game, that there's actually a world living around you and you may just not notice it. Okay, so I want to play Bloodborne.
1: Um, I saw it on a ton of lists. Yeah. Um, I have not even
0: seen a second of it,
1: yeah. so uh, so this might get me into it. I, I I'm gonna add it to my list here right now.
0: Yeah, Bloodborne is goddamn it's so fucking good. It's it's and it's it's the most fun of the Soulsborne games I think because it's very fast paced. Dark Souls is very heavily weighted towards like shields, like blocking, okay. dodging, and this. Bloodborne essentially takes the shield out of the equation and forces you to dodge and maneuver your way around people so much so where they expect that slow brooding style of dark souls gameplay where uh you have a shield and there is one shield in the game and you pick it up and if you read the description it's like typically suited to people who are scared of combat and like are very like to kind of poke fun at people who would just sit behind a shield for the entire game very self-aware and and uh man yeah give it a try you you owe it to yourself all right you owe it to me Oh, wow. Okay. And I will come and collect.
1: Okay. Okay. Relax.
0: I How am I supposed to relax when my co-host hasn't played my top three favorite game of the decade? Well,
1: that's funny you say that. Uh-oh. <laughs> Not with this pick. We're coming up. Okay. Um, number three for me is Gone Home, so we can talk about it now. Mm. Gone Home, Walking Simulator uh, that created a pathway for the future in Walking
0: Phoenix Simulator.
1: Walking Phoenix Simulator uh, that paved the path to the Joker. <laughs> or Firewatch, or what remains of Edith Finch. Yes. Um, This this game, which we did talk about on the podcast, uh, I think really set a precedent for what it's like to tell stories in games. Yes. You know, it doesn't have to be all that, like, a bad guy jumps out at you and you sure. got to do something about it. The bad guy might be your family. Yeah. Uh, might be, you know, things in the past that you don't get to see. They're all passive. Right. And I think what is great about this story is it, as much as you are the person that is active in this story, it develops around you. Right, and, right. And I think that's really something quite beautiful. You can find out stories about love, and you can find out stories about pain. And it creates, and as much as you're creating this house around you, it kind of colors the house that you see. And I really think it's a, quite a beautiful game about growing up and development and what it's like to be in a family, yeah, the good and the bad. Um, I love this game. I, I I still think about the family. I still think about yes. the different moments that you listen to tapes and the good music involved. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the pentagram under the stairs. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I just... It, we can play so many games and I waste so much time playing nonsense stuff. Yes. This is one
0: of those ones that is just quality throughout. And it's one of those games too where I, I think having played this game when I did, like when yeah. it first came out, and I think you played it pretty early as well. Mm-hmm. It was... It only could have had the effect that it had when I played it because at that time I expected video games to eventually have some sort of combat mechanic. Like, right. The, I played the entire game thinking that at some point something was going to jump out at yeah. me and hurt me because I hadn't played a game where that wasn't the case with the right. exception of like Mist or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Like, it, it was it was this return to form of a point and click, but done in a modern way. Similar to in the movie episodes, how I talked about how much I loved westerns, and then Drive comes along and revitalizes that. And it's all the same beats, but it just feels new. That was Gone Home. And by new, I also mean it's dealing with new issues. Like, you are the sister of someone who... The story basically becomes about your sister mm-hmm. and what happened to her. Now, the one thing I don't like about Gone Home, and for those of you who don't play it, I'm going to kind of not spoil the ending, but I will I will allude to the severity of what happens in the yep. end, or the weightedness of what happens in the ending. They could have had something very poignant and very powerful, and they hinted at something very poignant and very powerful Incredibly happen. sad. Incredibly sad, incredibly tragic, and that's why the house is empty, and that's why it feels haunted. But they don't, and they pull the shoot, they pull the, the ripcord at the very last minute and make it kind of a happy ending, and it's mm-hmm. like... Well then what was the point of that brooding? What was the point of the fear? And and I I don't want to I do this a lot with games and movies and everything where I let the very last moments ruin the experience. Okay. And I'm I'm trying not to do that with Gone Home. Clearly I haven't because it's number 7 on my list. Yep. But I think it could have been so much more powerful if it spoke to something more along the lines of what what remains of Edith Finch did you know that's dealing with the elements uh, the, the the themes of suicide the most and, tragic family yes, of all time yeah. yes
1: yeah well I, I, I Edith Finch is a more comedic game there's moments of levity in it sure uh, to point to poke fun at how silly some of the deaths yeah. are in their family this one's sad and I think it's what is really interesting is that your mind so quickly goes to tragedy right and then when they kind of go no it's these things happen and everything's okay okay it's kind of like oh wow like what does that say about
0: us in our own lives and stuff like that or how quickly it couldn't have been maybe maybe but they do it on purpose like it would be the bathtub the bathtub bathtub, where there's just it's so what we're talking that's a very famous scene where you walk in your bathroom yeah and there's just a bunch of red red liquid everywhere and you're like it's blood someone killed themselves turns out no she just dyed her hair red so the game knows that it's trying to get you to believe yep. that something yep. tragic happened, and then at the end it just says, "But nothing did." And there, I know that there are there are elements of tragedy throughout the story that have been seeded in it, um, regardless of of the ending. You know, it's like mm-hmm. she's coming to terms with terms with her sexuality yep. and her family's perception of it, and and the loss of love, regardless of your sexuality. Mm-hmm. But it it just kind of feels like it it missed it missed an opportunity to be something truly great, like like timeless great, in order to almost appease what I would assume is like a focus group that's like, no, but we kind of want a good ending with this.
1: I don't know. I, I think with a game this small, I don't think it's like that. I, I think this is a choice they made. Whether you like it or not, you know, that's a separate thing. Yeah. But I think this is the game they
0: wanted to make. Sure.
1: And go for them. I don't know, it's my number 3. So,
0: <laughs> yes, I it, I think we'll I'll talk about I I want to make a point, but I'll probably wait until after the uh the the podcast ends or like after we or, Oh yeah, let's not, go not, the honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, we'll go honorable mentions because there's one on my list that I think should be there but isn't kind of because Gone Home is there. Okay. Um, but my number 2 My number 2 is a game that I've never felt I've never felt so much emotion towards. I've never mm. felt so mu- so attached to the characters I've never felt like there was such a buildup. I guess in a way it's kind of similar to my pick of Avengers Endgame in okay. in uh, the movies episode, except that this game as a standalone game was still one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in video games. I wasn't the same person for about a week after I played it because wow. I felt like I had said goodbye to friends that I had had oh. for like five yeah, to 10 okay. years leading up to it. It's mass effect three. Right. Um, and there was so much controversy about this game when it came out specifically because of the ending. Because the the it got to the point where the, they they were advertising this game to be so unique to the individual and the mm-hmm. individual's playthrough, but it when it came down to it there were essentially three different endings and you could get one of three of them and it was basically press a button regardless of everything you had done leading up to that moment. Who you lost What you did, what you said, right at the very last moment, you could choose whatever you wanted to get any of those three endings. And people hated that. (laughs) For me, that didn't matter. The true end of the game was walking through that kind of makeshift city, the moments before the final battle, where you get to talk to each of your uh, companions and sort of walk through... Your history together, and there's these story beats that you talk about, like, "Hey, remember in this when this happened?" It's like, "Oh shit, yeah. that happened in Mass Effect One," and the playthroughs kind of remembering that. Like, that's really cool and poignant, and it felt real and lived in. Mm-hmm. Um Did you play Mass Effect Three? No. Oh, you didn't. Did you? No. You didn't play the. You, no, did you I didn't the play franchise? the Mass Effect games. No. What I loved about them is that it had the 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 scope and scale of a. Of a, a, a like one of those Dragon Age type games where the the most of the gameplay is going to be turn based and it's heavily dialogue focused, right. but the gameplay was great. Like the shooting was great, and there were side missions that I loved, and I one hundred percented this game because I couldn't afford not to know everything I could about right. every character All in right, the game, right. and it was so rewarding. Um, no game had ever made me feel so much for so many of the characters. And I, I didn't care that the, the exact end of the game wasn't perfect. I loved every moment leading up to it.
1: Ah, oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, I, that game did leave a lasting impression on you, yeah. right? Obviously. So my number two is going to be Red Dead Redemption. Two. two. Okay. Nice. Unpopular opinion. I actually think number two has probably left a bigger mark on me than number one. Okay. And that's because of the narrative, the story. Um, number one, changed everything. Yeah. And the way John Marsden dies, uh, I, I think everyone will remember that moment forever. Hey, did
0: you go back and try to save John Marsden? Yeah, 100% I did. Is there a single person? out? I, I want to know, if you're listening to this and you played through Red Dead Redemption 1 and you didn't try to save John Marsden at the end, I, I want to know about it. Because I, <laughs> I would imagine everyone reset their console and tried to go back and save it. Why wouldn't
1: they, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, like, <sighs> this game. It's tragic and melancholy story stretches from, you know, Aberino to new Austin, taking in thrills and politics, philosophy and fistfights for a game so sprawling in scale. It also drills down the finest of the deals. that lets players enjoy the recreation of the old West, you know, crudely stitched together by manifest destiny, capitalism, freedom, and unbelievably stunning violence at times. Yeah. The story of Arthur Morgan and the way that he develops with his gang and separates from them and finds to be the man that he wants to be in life, um, you know, before meeting his fate, is truly, like, one of the things that will stick with me. And, you know, it's been two years for this game, so heads up, I'm just going to ruin it for people. But, like, his death is truly one of the things that, like, stuck with me forever. Yeah. Um, Video games die because of effort and action, and you die because of the person that you try to be and the actions that you take. His death becomes... An incredibly passive one, and it's inevitable. And in a way, video games kind of touch real life like that. I don't, I'm probably not gonna die because of um, how I drove tonight, but I will die because it's gonna be gonorrhea that goes on. Freedom. 100%. Yeah. It's usually not based on an action that will kill me, it'll be something passive. Sure. Like cancer or something yeah. like yeah, that will yeah, yeah. eventually just kill me just because it's random and that's what happens. Right. And what really made this game super special about the relationships around it is that it was affected by every death and every victory and every loss. And, you know, on top of that, the game is just unendlessly, it's boundless. Like right. you can go forever right. and you can constantly meet new people. I think I could play this game for another hundred hours sure. and still find new stuff in sure. it that I could do. So the game is beautiful. It looks incredible. And if you are a different type of video game player, there are different types of video games inside of it for you to play. Uh, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is just a masterpiece, and uh, I'm very happy to have it number two on my
0: list. Did you? Do you still go back and play it at all? Yeah. Yeah, eh? I do. The online stuff's really good. Oh, nice. Yeah. But what about just, like, getting into the single player? Absolutely. Just, oh, really? Absolutely. It's about half and half. Man, I want, I want, <laughs> here's the thing. I, I feel like sometimes it sounds like I'm trying to be contrarian. Mm-hmm. I want to love this game so badly. Why wouldn't I? I look look Red Dead Redemption 1 is on my list at number 5. Yeah. Why would I not want number 2 on my list I don't know. higher? <laughs> I want to love it. I just can't stand the gameplay. It just is so boring to me. Mm. And and I I know that there's this weird there's this weird side of like video game journalism that's like Oh, what you can't stand being bored for a little bit? Well, like, that's the, not the point, though, right? It's, it's like, yeah. right? It's it's the fact that I love the story. I mm. want to continue to see the story. What I don't like is the monotonous quest structure of go to camp, ride your horse somewhere, shoot someone, ride your horse back. And I haven't really found anyone explain to me how that changes over the course of time to make it more redeeming. But it seems like that's kind of the case. And if I don't like it now, I just can't imagine I'm going to start to like it later.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I think it goes in between like that narrative game that you can play and do stuff with. And that's really cool. And, you know, getting back to camp and being able to talk to every single person and they'll give you a little feedback on what's going on uh i agree when you break it down that it's probably ride shoot ride right and stuff like that but it's the riding to something where you run into somebody that's pulled over that needs your help or the dog that you're like oh i need that animal for the thing right you run into the clan in the forest or you run into this kind of stuff it's the game that is so full of life around you that is so interesting about it and so um Like, I, 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 yeah, I, I just can't like, even now there's so much more for me me to do, even though the game is done. And I think it's just like, it
0: creates an atmosphere,
1: you know, it, this.
0: Atmospherically, I agree with you. That game is fucking amazing.
1: Yeah. Like, and so like, I always think about it. It's right before the last mission. And so this, I will not ruin because I, I really think people should go back and play it. But the D'Angelo soundtrack kind of cuts in and he's oh. playing a song and singing. And it's the only time you hear singing yeah. in a soundtrack song. You hear the camp, you hear people singing all the time. And it's actually quite beautiful. To be honest, you can sit down at the campfire yep. and hear people sing. It's really nice. But D'Angelo cuts in, who's beautiful, and and sings it with, with a song. And you are kicking your horse and you're riding as fast as you can. And you're going over the bridges and stuff like that. And it really, like, gets you going. Like, you're in between, like, goosebumps and tears. Yeah, 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 we yeah, Where, yeah, like, yeah. I am going to murder every single yeah, one yeah, of yeah, these. Yeah, fu- yeah, 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 And it's so good. And uh, very few times have games played me like that and where I've, I'm invested into the characters as
0: much as I am. Oh, uh, I, lo- I love Red Dead I'm Redemption so, too. I'm honestly so jealous of you <laughs> hearing you say this because I want to experience that. I will say, I had a feeling Arthur Morgan was going to die in this game. So that's not a surprise to yes. me. Yes. How he I, dies will be surprising. I haven't finished the game though. Okay. And I want to. And I think I'm going to try to give it that effort, like, like to, to, to really try it. You made such a good point about how the world feels so alive mm-hmm. everywhere you go. I don't think another game exists in which the world feels... Like, whether or not you're there, it's happening. Like, yeah. it's going on. There's a game uh, that I wanted on this list, but that that I didn't put it, which is Skyrim. Ah. Which the game kind of feels, it feels alive, and it feels like things are moving. But right. it doesn't feel like it has its own consciousness. And for me, when I'm playing Red Dead, it feels like every moving part is is thinking, rather mm-hmm. than just being. Right. And the problem I have is that the way in which you interact with it feels so obtuse and that's what keeps drawing me out of it. I want to be in that world, but every time I have to like walk through a door and my character like kind of walk runs <laughs> yeah, into yeah, the yeah, wall yeah. and I'm like, just walk properly. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Your like, horse runs over somebody and yes. you're like,
1: uh, no, uh, damn it guys. Right. Like, exactly. You know what exactly. I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. No forgiveness for that. There is yeah. constantly, even to the point that I was trying to do that, I was online trying to catch a bounty. Yeah. And I'm trying to like aim for because I wasn't going to kill her. I was going to like, you know, I was going to tire her. And my horse just kept literally sprinting. And I ran over her over like three separate times. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess she's dead now. Fuck it. Throw on the back of the horse. Let's go. God damn it. That's all you can do. Yeah, I tried.
0: So that's, and I think when Red Dead Redemption 2 came, or Red Dead Redemption came out, mm-hmm. it was at a time when I didn't care as much about controls. Like I could kind of play a game, even though the controls weren't perfect sure. and, and, and enjoy it for what it is. But there's one game that ruined that for me, and it came in between Red Dead Redemption 1 and Red Dead Redemption 2. And it was a game with perfect controls, and every time you died, you had one person to blame, and that was yourself. Uh, The game perfectly lays out the rules of the world, tells you what risks to take and which ones not to take. What I love about it is that you can play through the entire game without leveling up a single thing and without taking a single hit. And if you can do that in a game, it's the sign of something perfect. You can't do that in Call of Duty. You can't do that in Red Dead. You can't do that in most modern games, but you can do that in the Dark Souls franchise. Right. Uh, so that is my number one. And specifically, this is going to be very controversial for people who are, <laughs> who are into this franchise. It's Dark Souls 2. Wow. Now, Dark Souls 2 is almost notoriously the worst of them. Um, but I tried Dark Souls 1 when I played it. I played 60 hours of it and I got so frustrated that I stopped playing. Dark Souls 2 came out yeah. and I thought, "You know what? I got to give this another shot. I owe it to myself. I could I could I could sense greatness in the first one, but I felt like I'd leveled up my character to a point where it just wasn't going to be redeemable." Mm-hmm. And then in number 2, about 20 hours in, I think it was I think it was it was exactly 18 hours in. There was one moment, it was in the Lost Bastille, that's the name of the level. That I, it clicked and I understood what Mm. it meant to, to die and lose your experience, but gain progress in your mechanics and learning the systems of the game where the first two characters or the first two enemies in that, in that run up that you experience are going to kill you every time you run into the first time you run into them. But then you get used to the way that they fight and you know how to beat one and then kind of deal with the other and you deal with the other, but you've had to heal a couple times. So you're just kind of like shit. Then the third and fourth enemies, those are, those are like the, now it's like, Oh, these first two, I can get past them. No big deal. The second two, Holy shit. How do I do this? Then you figure out that set piece. And then the one after that, and then the one after that. Right. And you piece it all together, and when you finally do, you realize that the only thing preventing you from getting from point A to point B was not the fact that your character wasn't leveled up. It wasn't Metroid when you didn't have the proper equipment to get from point A to point B. It was your knowledge of the enemies and the environment, and when you learn that and perfect it, the game is almost easy. And that's one thing I fucking love about this franchise is everyone talks about how difficult the game is and how unforgiving the game is. Unforgiving, yes. Difficult, no. It's so fucking fair. Once you figure out how to go through uh, an environment, it's so predictable Mm. that you master it. And it has that element of like, what I've I, I I learned of this in in the movie Jiro Dreams of Sushi. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that movie. Where where it's like you do the same thing over and over again every right. single day until you perfect it, and you can do it without even thinking. And that's kind of Dark Souls, and uh, and <sighs> and everything I said about Bloodborne with regards to the environmental storytelling is 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 tripled in Dark Souls. Okay. The lore is fucking bonkers how deep it goes uh it's it's worth listening to podcast upon podcast upon podcast about every single level because what what they go into to explore the 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 enemies and the stories it's crazy and <laughs> and if it, it I I feel like i'm I'm almost talking to a wall because you you haven't played it I but, know, but I know I know I I I think you could love it based on what you tell me about games and your ability and willingness, like in the driver intro, uh, the driver tutorial, when we did the episode on driver, you're like, I know I can do this. This is on me. It's my fault that I'm failing totally and getting through it. In spite of that, that's this game in a nutshell. And, uh, I, I owe so much to this franchise. Okay. Um, for getting me through some, some pretty, you know, tough times in my life because I, I, I felt like I had some sort of control over the game. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like shit was going bad in my life to, to, you know, limited degree, not, not crazy, but, but I could turn on this game and there'd be an issue, but I could figure it out and I could fix it. And then I would take that understanding and analysis that, that, that skill of analysis that this, this game taught me and bring it to sports where I'm like, this person keeps doing this and they're, you know, leaning to the left before they do so. Okay, now I'm going to, like, catch them when they're there because that's the pattern that they're showing. Right. And pattern recognition as it came out in this franchise was just so beneficial and prevalent throughout the whole thing. Right. That uh, it really kind of benefited me throughout my entire life. Ah, That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Obviously,
1: I don't think it was going to be much of a surprise for anybody that Dark Souls was going to be number one, but maybe Dark Souls number two is kind of surprising. Yes. So There you go. So with my number one pick... To end our
0: top ten, I got, I'm kind of. I was gonna actually ask you, I, what do you think it's okay, gonna be? Okay, so I'm thinking it's. I'm thinking it might be Uncharted. Hmm. Interesting. Two or three. Uh, uh oof, it couldn't be. I was. I was gonna say maybe four because I don't. Oh, I meant three or the, four. The Sorry. reason. The reason uh, I don't have Uncharted on this list is because I hated Uncharted Three. I loved Four. For four I haven't played because three completely lost me. Two was unbelievable. But what's your what's your number one? My number one. And this is unfortunately, I think for some reason gonna be a disappointment for people.
1: Batman? No, it's gonna be Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, that's Gr- not a disappointment. That's a great fucking game. It's an incredible game. Yeah. And and for so many reasons I need to talk about this game. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto has really been the stamp on my life as a video game mm-hmm. for so long. Even when I wasn't playing narrative video games, I was always playing Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. And so from Grand Theft Auto Three where you're a protagonist is silent to grand theft auto four where you are playing nicole Bellick, and yes. you know like kind of doing things to grand theft auto five where you play three separate characters that have very 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 different upbringings. Right, right they changed the formula and it wasn't a formula that like well let's try something they're changing a billion dollar formula right and it worked right to see their different lives to switch back and forth out of the air uh to always catch them doing weird things every time you switch yes and I that. their different yeah. performances and stuff like that it's an incredible game. The story is awesome. It's like heat on steroids. And so if heat was like going from the, their last, um, you know, heist down to the end, this is in between the two heists. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, you don't see the real end of their lives. You see the in between of their lives. Right. And whether Michael's getting really famous and Trevor is insane as always. And Franklin is now becoming finding wealth in his life. Right. You know, you're kind of growing up with them and, to see this huge, sprawling area of San Andreas, uh, I, I just, this game is is so, it, I, I hate that I have Rockstar Games number one and two. I was going to say, yeah. I, it kind of like, kind of hurts a little bit and I wish I had something else in there, but these were two that left a real dent on me. And I think comparing the two is a very interesting thing. Whereas Red Dead Redemption 2 is beautiful and austere and, and, and like stoic at times and like you you ride and hear the music and you look around, you might run into every once in a while. Oh, that's really nice. This Grand Theft Auto is loud and noisy yes. and brash and is trying to make jokes, you know, obscene jokes. The violence is even bigger, you know, at times, even though it feels a little more fake. Um But Grand Theft Auto 5 is just is just a really great game. More than anything, on top of that, the online has given a life to this game that no one could ever
0: believe. Right.
1: It is yeah, still it's still in, going. It is still in the top ten of sales. Every week since it's come out. Jesus And that was Christ. five years ago.
0: That's nuts.
1: This game, this game is the single most profitable thing of entertainment in human history. Yeah. It has made more money than any other movie, any other TV show, any other piece of art, any anything like that. Grand Theft Auto is the most five Grand Theft Auto Five, excuse me, is the most profitable piece of
0: entertainment ever. That's crazy. not not crazy in the sense that like I can't believe it. But it's it's, that's monumental, I guess is a better word. Yeah. The fact that like the
1: fact that it came out and a year later they're like, here are our sales. That's great. And you could take to the bank and kind of figure it out. Yeah. No, the game actually made more money after that. Yeah. And that's bananas. Yeah. So It has to be up there for, it It changed video games forever. It changed the fact that you can play a narrative video game and online will give it a second life. And the fact that the narrative video game is nothing to sneeze at in
0: the first place. It's an incredible game. The the narrative is, is I've never played online, but I did play the narrative. And I played it for a long time and I loved it. Mm -hmm. Now, it's funny because I found myself kind of agitated when I would play this game for long stretches okay. of time. And I did not really get why I was like, maybe the game's frustrating me or I'm like not enjoying it as much or, or, or the, the missions are annoying, whatever it is. But then I heard, here's the third time I'll bring his name up. Jeff Kanata. Hey, talked about on the weekend, a on the weekend confirmed podcast. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of a the throat rips. Um, he, he said like, he wasn't a huge fan of the game and he put into words what I didn't recognize. I, I felt, which is, Why is everyone so fucking mad in this game all the time? Everyone is yelling. Everything is angry. It's like (laughs) the game is the video game embodiment of like Rockstar Energy Drink. Where it's just like screaming in your face the whole time. And that's and that is, it's funny that you said like to see this in contrast to Red Dead Redemption, the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. You like things are getting a little too loud in Red Dead, just go into the wilderness and like hang out a little while. Yeah, absolutely. There's no such thing in Grand Theft Auto Five. No, for
1: sure. And 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 even though my style would that I'd rather play a Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah. and pick up um Grand Theft Auto again, the Grand Theft Auto is just so monumental to video gaming. Oh, it is absolutely. And, and it's kind of hard to ignore the waves it's made in the industry. Yeah. So that is going to be my number one as top 10 video game of the decade.
0: Damn. So you want to go, uh, let's go back through our top 10. Let's do it, uh, buddy. Pretty quick. So I'll start um so my number 10 was rogue legacy my number nine was dishonored eight limbo then gone home the witcher 2 red dead redemption 1 overwatch bloodborne mass effect 3 dark souls 2
1: absolutely and my top 10 is number 10 bioshock infinite number 9 is spider-man number 8 80 days number 7 metal gear solid 5 phantom pain number 6 fortnite number 5 overwatch number 4 the last of us number 3 gone home number 2 red dead redemption 2 and number 1 grand theft auto 5 some
0: good lists. Ah, I like that. Good games. There. I'm I'm almost more interested to hear some of our honorable mentions. Absolutely. In this. Um, now, I talked about Gone Home and that game being on there. Uh, and because it's on there, I left another game off. And that other game was Firewatch. Um, oh. firewatch to me, I know you probably thought I was thinking what remains of Edith Finch. So I have both on there, but my, my
1: close cut was Edith Finch. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about Firewatch. So
0: firewatch for me was so subtle and so, like the storytelling was just so, it almost didn't need a story. I found myself falling in love with the voice on the other line, other end of the, of the walkie talkie. And maybe that's why like in the, in the episode about movies, like her stuck with me. So, so well was because there's something about not seeing the physical representation of someone and only hearing their voice. And the trap you fall in is being able to draw the picture around what you think that person might be. And I remember there's a moment in that game when you're, communicating with this person on the other end Mm -hmm. of the walkie talkie and you walk out this this like gorge or something and you can see in the distance the tower the firewatch tower that she's in and she's like oh that's me over there you can see and you're looking at it and you're like oh man like everything i want is right there it's right there and yeah. i have i can't it for all i know there's no one in it but that's this weird like the moment in great gatsby when uh when the green light the green light it's yeah. ex- that that's the exact moment yeah and it's 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 just I, I feel i've there's miranda in mass effect 2 and the voice on the other line of the walkie-talkie in firewatch as the two women i've almost fallen in love with in video games. Like to the point where if they walked out of the screen, I'd be like, you look like the girl from the ring, but let's get married right now. Yeah.
1: I, um, I love that game. I love that game so, so much. And you're right. The distant love part of it. I, I really, you know, attached to my, my, hard walk walking simulator cut was what remains of edith finch yeah uh i the, the the oddly beautiful architecture of the house oh my god yeah that is so symbolic to their family and how they pile on top of each other yes to the like tragedy of their family only worse by the kennedys probably <laughs> uh you know like it, it the, and the way you climb the stakes get higher like it's just like it's literal storytelling built into a game You know, and and it's almost when you take a
0: step back. uh, So what remains of Edith Finch, the premise is you're essentially walking through this family compound where this family that's, that's cursed by tragedy. Mm -hmm. And you're sort of trying to learn about them as a member of the family. So you're returning to the homestead. But when you take a step back and you realize that they've essentially been building on top of tragedy, like literally building on top of tragedy. um, And, and how the foundation of family, if it's not strong, will beget more rickety foundations on top of it. Like, yeah. you can't build a strong foundation on top of a weak foundation. And it it's represented essentially by this almost family tree shape mm-hmm. of this, you know, branching architecture that goes up and just gets worse and worse as as it goes on. Because the family like kind of refused to admit that anything was wrong. Exactly. Like every time something tragic happens to a member of the family, the mother would shut the door and put a peephole on the outside so you can look into that person's house Ugh. like a fucking museum. Yeah. It's the it's it's so macabre and uh, and so poignant at the same time that that I is a, an absolute <laughs> great game. I love I that. I love game. that, and I love Firewatch. You're right. You fall in love with. Delilah? Yeah, I think Delilah. Yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, it's hard not to. And the 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 fear at the end. I just like kind of like I was saying about the d'angelo Di- thing at Red Dead Redemption Two. The running at the end of Firewatch yes. to get to her, thinking thinking you could get her, yeah,
0: when you never can. It was so. I was, I was physically upset. I was angry. When you get to the top and she's not there. I was mad at her. Well, she's an asshole.
1: She is an asshole. She is. She is. She's playing yawn. She knows she is. She is. Or she's
0: scared too. I I think
1: there's a little bit of a...
0: Well, that's... Look, I think the game is so poignant now because all of us communicate with one another through text and social media. And you get to pretend like you're talking to your ideal person. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, you never end up going for drinks with the people you're talking to. Yeah. It just ends up being this whole, like, idealism. Like, let's just pretend we are the, the people we think we are. Yeah. Even though we kind of know we're not. And then we get afraid before we meet each other and, and go off into our merry night. Got That's it. Ain't that the truth. Um, Any other honorable mentions you want to
1: talk about? Yeah. So,
0: I'll, I'll just kind of ring through my list. I had Bioshock Infinite on my list as oh, well. I okay. uh, Didn't quite make it. The NHL franchise, but I just didn't know if I wanted to put sports on there. Yeah. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch? Obviously, The Last of Us was on there. Bastion was another indie title that I really wanted to be on there, but wasn't quite because there were there's just no space for it. Right. Uh, Journey as another game that uh, that I really loved, but only played through once. It was lasting, but it wasn't quite as uh, insightful or or as as long lasting as something like Gone Home or What Remains mm-hmm. of Edith Finch. Uh, Bro Forest was just a fun game. Zelda: Link's Awakening, Skyrim, Portal Two. Deus Ex Human Revolution, I think, has been glossed over, but is one of the better first-person shooter action-adventure RPG games that have come out in the last 10 years. Batman Arkham City was another one. XCOM Enemy Unknown was another one. And I think one of the hardest ones for me to keep off of this list was Hollow Knight, which is a near-perfect I'm so surprised that it's not on there. So am I. I. I am. But I think that it needed to leave space for something like Limbo, which got me into indie games in the first place. Um and like, what do I? I need Dishonored on there because that was one of the most fun experiences I've had in in, in a single player game. Rogue Legacy, same thing. It's tough, man. It's tough. Also, There's just no. also no
1: room. the the most list I've seen has Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild is number
0: one. Breath of the Wild, mine's Link's Awakening though. So you don't have Breath of the Wild. I don't either. have Breath of the Wild. What? Did you not like it? I think that it was a good game. It was it was a turn in the right direction for the Zelda franchise. Okay, but I think that it it shied away from a little bit more of the elements that could have made it something special and it's user interface and it's it's time taxes were just so blatant and in your face okay like i talk about this all the time in order to create potions or meals that would heal you or, or heal your stamina or something like that you need to go into your inventory select three items throw them into a pot wait for the video of the the food cooking to finish okay. and then you get the item i think you do that once and then you can just select from the items in your inventory. It's like, these are the recipes you've made. This is what you can make with it. Press A three times. Those are three meals. It just seems like everything that they do takes an unnecessary amount of time when it could be streamlined. And in a game of that size, especially when you just want to get back out there and play it, that ends up being kind of like Princess in the Pea, where it's like, hmm. it's it seems like you're making a mountain out of a molehill, but also I can't sleep because it is... A molehill. I'm just
1: about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So my honorable mentions. I'd read that Redemption number one, but I just couldn't figure a way to put out sure, both of them on sure, there sure.
0: Yeah, that's like I could have had Dark Souls one and three on there as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. What yeah. remains of the Finch? The NBA 2K franchise couldn't yep. pick one. It would probably be number twelve. Uh, whatever. Sure. Uh, the Witcher three. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh. I had so much fun playing that game. I wouldn't
0: have been upset if you had that on there because I had a lot of good times with I that had game. so
1: much fun. And then you find a ship in the distance and you're like, all right, Battlestar." You're oh, like, hell yeah. I was so hell much yeah. fun. Yeah. I love that. And then you get to jump on the island and do your own thing too. Yes. Like, that was fun. Uh, Firewatch, obviously. Batman, Batman Arkham, Arkham City. Yep. Um, would have been Arkham, Arkham Origins maybe. Whatever. Um, and then Middle Earth uh, Shadows and Mortar I really enjoyed as oh, well. Oh, cool. Uh, that was a really great game.
0: Uh but I, I liked that game up until I realized that there's like a whole other map you had to like you basically win the first map you do. and then you start another one yes. and I'm like wait from it was scratch, like a passage what the to another fuck one fuck is yeah. this about yeah why did i spend so much time here totally. yeah i yeah. had so
1: much fun playing this game playing that game but more than anything i kind of want to talk about the fact that going through lists and kind of putting up my own and like comparing it to others i actually created a separate list of all these games i'd not played oh, okay and so unlike tv and movies where I'd I'd kind of seen things. I was like, yeah, 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 and yeah. Here and there, I'd have one or two that I was like, oh, I've never seen that. I want to I'd be interested. I have a list of like twenty games. Oh my
0: god, there's so many games that I haven't played. The
1: people of the decade that I want to go play, and I just am so excited with all this kind of stuff.
0: Sure, let's, I, let's hear them.
1: Okay. Oh, do you want me to start listing? Here we go. City skylines. Return oh, of yeah. the Oberdin, obviously. Oh, that
0: game is you would fucking love. That game is so goddamn good. I can't wait to it's play that. So
1: fucking good. The Witness, Oxenfree, Dear Esther, Heaven's Vault. Life is Strange, Inside, Virginia, the, oh, those are not good to put next. Inside, to Virginia.
0: Virginia <sighs> is, is great as well. You would love Virginia. Uh, it's kind of walking simulator-esque. I
1: see that. Yes, I saw that. The Stanley Project. The, Stanley uh,
0: Parable. Oh, Parable. Yeah. Okay, wait, let me make Stanley it. Parable is, is a, I, I played that one as well. Um, it's essentially, it's a narrative driven story where the narrator is telling you what you're about to do oh. and you either do it or you don't, but the narrator changes what it's saying based on what you do or do not ah, do. And okay. then it, it based on, uh, what your decisions are, it can go super absurd. And, and I love that about it. The endings of that game are limitless. <laughs> All right. Florence, her story,
1: everything, Kentucky route zero. Mm-hmm. And then from your two today, Dishonored
0: and Bloodborne. Dishonored and Bloodborne and Dark Souls, man. Dark gotta, Souls. Gotta get on Dark Souls. I'm telling you, man. It's uh, there are so many. That, and that's the problem with games. Is like there are a lot of these games as well that have come out that I've tried. You know, I've put some time into. Yeah. But there's only so many hours in the day. I mean, that's the worst thing about getting older. Is that like I, I, I can catch up on my backlog of movies. There's not a chance I can catch up on no. my backlog of games. No, not. A I hope. don't have 20, 30 hours to spend. No on a single game like you just listed 20 say each of those games takes 5 to 15 hours how the fuck do you catch up on that i don't know
1: yeah. i have no idea i and that's that's the problem so we're gonna require each other to get better at this. Yes. So, with that being said, mm. we wanna hear your top 10 video games oh, of the yeah. decade. Yeah. So, and how upset you are at our top 10 yes Yeah, choices. and all these like obvious ones we're missing that we never got a chance to play, and we're so sorry about yeah. that. But our hashtag should be Retro, retro Game 10. Retro game, retro game 10. Retro
0: Game 10. Retro Game 10. Retro Game 10. Like we said in the last the movies episode, guys, it doesn't always have to be witty. Sometimes it's just practical. Hey, it works. That's all we wanna do. So, we wanna hear your top 10 video games of the
1: decade things we missed, things you liked, and everything in between.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh it, it's funny doing these lists just makes me realize how how many games I still need to play. I and know. we just spent the last 5 10 minutes talking about that, but man, I would love nothing more than to pause time and for better or worse just play Red Dead Redemption 2. I I feel like I need to do that even though I know that I probably won't enjoy a lot of it, I just kind of want to lose myself in it. And yeah. once I do that, you know, give it another five, six hours. I think, I think I'd probably be good. Cause I realistically probably put 15 hours into it. All yeah, really? Eh? 20. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Uh, well, We loved doing this. We loved doing the top 10s of the decade. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. All three of them. That was a lot of fun. We'll see you
0: guys 10 years from now when we recount (laughs) the 2020s. Uh, And the crazy way that we'll
1: even be playing video games in the first place. Yeah. yeah. uh, The topics we will touch and all this kind of stuff. Because we've seen how much change has happened in the last 10 years. I can only imagine what's going to happen in the next 10 years. But more than anything, we want to say a very happy New Year's to all you. We hope nothing but the best comes from the 2020s for you. Um, and we want to thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for listening to Retrograde for this
0: last year. Absolutely, guys. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Can't wait. Game over. Feel free to review the podcast.
1: <sighs> Feel free to review the podcast on your platform of choice and you may hear your review featured on a future
0: episode. Subscribe, like, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Listen direct and find our show notes at theretrogradepod.com Join us on Facebook
1: or on Instagram at theretrogradepodcast or Twitter at retrogradepod. And you can always send us an email at theretrogradepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this, make sure you let your player two know it.
0: <laughs> if you enjoyed this, make sure to let your player two know to give us a listen.
1: Let's play again next week. D-Pat, no, that sounds so dumb with a pause. What's wrong with me? Am I going to have a head injury? Let's play again next week, D-Pads. Fuck it. That sounded good. Wow. So everyone unsubscribed, eh?